So here's the big question. You're interested in value investing and valuing and evaluating businesses on a deep level, but you don't know how even after researching for hours, probably dozens of hours, hundreds of hours on the internet and because nobody else shows you how to do it. This podcast has all those answers and much more about value investing and finance. My name is Jason Rivera. Welcome to Value Investing in Your Car. Hey, Jason here. Uh, today I want to talk about, in this episode of Value Investing in Your Car, I kind of want to continue the talk we had last time about investing in loss and, uh, or what I like to call, uh, when in doubt, kiss the girl. In other words, go for it. Um, even if you think you might fail, just go for it. In this episode, I want to talk about what um, Josh Whiteskin calls um, getting into smaller circles. He calls it, and during his, in his book, The Art of Learning, he calls it getting into smaller circles. Um, I've always called it focusing on one tiny thing at a time. It's kind of um, how I think about learning things. Um, essentially, what I learned years ago, and this was know, five, six, seven, eight years ago, something like that, when I first kind of hit on this concept, is I was when I was first getting into value investing, I was struggling massively. Um, how massively? Um, literally, I wasted years of time in my kind of progression, um, in my knowledge of value investing. I lost literally years of time because I didn't know how to learn well, I didn't know how to learn efficiently or fast. Um, <clears throat> So what does that what does that really mean? Um, I would go. I would essentially what I my process back then for learning was I would try to learn five, six, seven things at one time. Read about them over and over and over again, and then eventually, sometimes weeks, months later, put them into practice. And then I would have forgotten by that point exactly what they meant. So I'd have to reread them, relearn them. Which, of course, this all take an enormous amount of time because essentially I'm learning the same thing twice. Again, this led me to losing literally years of time in my own value investing journey um, in terms of progression. So what I kind of figured out after doing this for a number of years of, of course, I need to stop doing that because it was stupid. It wasn't working. Um, so I need to figure out a better way to do it, to learn things so I essentially wouldn't have to spend the same or learn the same thing twice. What I do now is, or I don't know how I figured this out. Um, I don't remember the kind of process I went through. If I, if it was a book, it was a video, I don't remember. But what I started doing, instead of trying to learn five or six things at one time, and then reading constantly, constantly, constantly over and over and over and over and over again, over again until I put them into practice and then forgetting and then having to relearn them as I went to, Put them to use was that I would instead of doing that which of course wasn't working um, I instead tried to focus on one thing at a time one kind of tiny aspect at a time that I wanted to learn I would learn that read a ton on that if I needed to watch videos whatever it was read books whatever it was then I would immediately instead of waiting a couple weeks I would immediately start putting into practice over and over and over and over again. 
what does that mean kind of from a real world perspective? Um, I don't remember anything like specifically that I did, but at that time, but later, um, once I kind of refined the process a little bit, I would, for example, insurance companies. Um, years ago, I didn't know how to evaluate insurance companies. And if you know anything about value investing or Warren Buffett or Berkshire Hathaway, that's where Warren, one of the ways Warren Buffett became so rich because of the power inherent in the investment companies float. So, um, and since I wanted to build my own mini Berkshire Hathaway, I knew that at some point I would have to learn how to evaluate insurance companies if I wanted to use investment float. Cause at that time I thought investment float was only at insurance companies. It's not now I know that now, but at that time I knew that I needed to learn about investment float and to learn about investment float again at that time, I thought that investment float was only an insurance company. So to learn investment float, I had to learn how to evaluate insurance company. So I literally took three months off from doing everything else and learn the ins and outs of how to evaluate and value insurance companies. Kind of at a more granular perspective, um, let's say there's a term like owner's earnings, um, which is, if you've ever tried to learn it, it can be incredibly complex. It's probably the most complex kind of concept I use when I evaluate a company um, and I like to keep things as simple as possible with owner's earnings you especially when you get down to the actual calculation part of owner's earnings you can't really keep it incredibly simple it's it's a, just a complex con, uh, calculation and you need to understand everything that goes in every part of the calculation so what I did when I learned owner's earnings and again I took three months off down the road um, this was several years later to learn everything about owner's earnings. So what I did is I broke it down into individual kind of pieces. There are multiple different parts that goes into owner's earnings. Things like um, changes in accounts receivable, changes in inventory, stuff like that. But the main, the and all of that's pretty straightforward. Most of the calculations straightforward except for the changes in working capital part. So what when I got to that part, I broke down every little single piece of the changes in working capital went one by one, learned everything I could about it, read about it, videos, whatever. Then I would go back, go to the next part, or then I would calculate it, and then I would go to the next part, learn everything I could about the next uh, part of the calculation, put it into practice, calculate it, and then I would go on from there. So essentially what I do every time I learn anything now is I pick one thing I wanna learn at any particular time. Learn it intimately, very well, um, put it into practice, put my knowledge immediately into practice, and then learn the next thing that I know I need to learn, put it immediately into practice, and keep going from there. And that is uh, Josh Weiskin's kind of uh, making smaller circles, and my version is, again, focusing on one small kind of aspect at a time. That's This is another way how I'm able to learn um, things so fast is because I break things down into their smallest kind of individual components and I learn one thing at a time deeply put it into practice fail most most of the time especially when you're learning anything again if you watch the last video on this topic um, investing in loss and um, when in doubt kiss the girl you know failure is going to be part of this and it's going to be a part of this you just have to deal with it it sucks, um, but if you want to learn any kind of valuable skill in, in fast or at all, you have to be willing to fail. Um, 
so that's kind of the process, kind of on a granular level, what I do when I learn anything um, fast. The last video, again, was a little bit more philosophical, kind of just general overview, 30,000 foot view type of situation on how to learn better. You have to be willing to fail and learn faster and then put things into practice and repeat the process. This is actually step-by-step -step kind of what I do on a granular basis, on a detailed basis. Um, how I'm able to learn so fast and then how you can learn so fast too. I'm not, I'm not special. Um, this is, I don't, again, I don't remember how I figured this out on my own. Um, but anybody can do this. This is kind of the overall concept of deliver practice, learn something in depth, push yourself, get frustrated, um, and then learn another thing and then learn another thing and keep compounding over time. Um, this again, I, I like to think I'm a smart guy, but I'm I'm smart in areas. If my if you were to ask my wife if I'm a smart guy when it comes to things like doing household chores or remembering to remembering um, let's say one of our daughter's appointments, I have a terrible memory and I hate doing household chores. I mean I do them, but I I hate doing them. If you ask me something about a company I evaluated years ago because I put so much kind of mental effort into it, I will most likely remember. I have an excellent memory when it comes to things I'm very interested in. Um, but when it comes to things I'm not interested in, like going to doctor's appointments for my kids and just other stuff that I don't find a huge interest in, or um, then I, I suck. It's just like your circle of competence. You have to know your circle of competence and you need to know what you are good at and what you're not good at. Um, that again, if you and to do the kind of smaller circle thing, you have to know what you need to learn next and what you want to learn next um, in kind of the next process. What I kind of like, you're building the foundation of a house. What I like to think about anytime you, I learn anything is, or oh, and this is what I actually teach my students, um, value investing coaching students or uh, master class students or whatever it is. You have to build the solid foundation first. Then you build the first floor, then you build the second floor, and you keep building higher and higher and higher and higher on more complex things, more higher level things. And not only does this make it easier and more efficient to learn things, but it makes it um, breaks it down into smaller, easily, easily, more easily digestible steps as well. If you think, uh, oh shit. Like when you first start a new skill and you think, oh shit, I don't know how to do this. There's so many steps involved, you'll become overwhelmed. Another reason you need to focus on one small thing at a time is um, because one of my favorite sayings, the journey, uh, I think this is a Chinese proverb, a journey of 10,000 steps begin uh, with one step or something like that. Something along those lines. It's one of my favorite kind of sayings. A journey of, um, what was it? 10,000 steps begins with one step, I think is what it is. So one of my favorite sayings, essentially it means you to get to kind of the end, you need to at least start. You have to start and once you start, the momentum kind of builds. Um, I hope this helps um, in your kind of learning journey. And again, if you have any questions about this, I'll be talking about it more. Um, question or comment, comment, share, like, love down below. Um, if you like this kind of content, 
and we'll keep doing how to learn better, mental models, how to learn more efficiently, all these kind of things. Um, and make sure to share it. Um, and like, love, subscribe below, hit the bell if you're watching on YouTube to make sure you get all notifications in the future for um, from our future videos, releasing videos pretty much constantly now. Um, so we went, I think, from 30 videos last month or the month before um, as of this recording to now more than 200 videos. Um, a lot of these, of course, are kind of ex secret because they're in our courses and stuff, but we are doing a ton of video content now, so if you like what you're uh, reading or watching, um, subscribe below, comment below, share, like, love again, um, and I will talk to you next time, and I hope you like this. Thanks. Bye.